0: Warning, the 619 Crimes podcast contains topics like violence, drug use, and suicide. Please consider this while listening today. Thank you. Betty Broderick. 22-year-old John Ernest. 34-year-old Sean Nelson. Kara Knott. 16-year-old Brenda Spencer. 29 year old Ali Nasser Abulaban. This is 619 Crimes Podcast, where every Wednesday we bring you short crime stories that took place in San Diego. I am your host, Al Rodriguez. This is is episode one Elizabeth was born to her parents Marita and Frank in Brooklyn New York November 7 1947 she was raised in Hartsdale New York she was the third child and had five siblings in total Betty came from an upper middle class home her family owned a successful plastering business Betty graduated Maria Regina High School in Hartsdale New York in 1965 that same year at 18 years old Betty went away to college at Notre Dame she attended a party her freshman year and at that party is where she met 21 year old Dan Broderick the eldest child in a large Catholic family they hit it off right away they married on April 12 1969 Betty and Dan found out they were pregnant with their first child as soon as they came back home from their honeymoon. Sometime around 1969, Dan transferred to Cornell University. In 1971, Dan graduated Cornell. However, he wasn't satisfied. And he dropped a bomb on Betty when he told her he had made a decision to go to Harvard to become a lawyer without ever running it by her. So that year, Betty, Dan and at that point their two kids moved to Massachusetts so that Dan could go to Harvard. While there, Betty worked all kinds of odd jobs, like selling Tupperware and Avon to pay for all the bills. All of that was on top of raising two kids. Betty was making all those sacrifices so that Dan could focus on his studies. However, the stress of being a mother of two and working was getting to Betty. She even lost what would have been their third child shortly after the baby boy was born. All this proved too much for Betty that she had her first suicide attempt in 1973. She later admitted she did it all to get Dan's attention and that it didn't work. Two years later, in 1975, the now family of four moved to the other side of the country, Los Angeles. After a short two years stay in LA, Dan took a job at Gray Curry Firm. So the family moved south to San Diego, California. The family bought a beautiful home in a suburb called Coral Reef in the La Jolla area of San Diego. Three years later, Dan started his own practice in 1978. That is when the family started to really live a whole new lifestyle. Gone were the days where Betty struggled to make ends meet. Betty would dress all her kids in expensive clothing, and Dad traded away his men's warehouse suits for Armani suits. They started taking first-class trips to Europe, and at one point, they even owned five cars. Neighbors even reported that Dan and Betty would host around 200 parties a year. Business was going great for Dan. He became the number one malpractice lawyer firm in all of the West Coast. Dan threw a Christmas party for his whole company in 1983. At that party, Betty overheard Dan call another woman beautiful. That woman was Linda Cohen, a 21-year-old receptionist at the building where Dan had his law firm. A few months later, Dan hired Linda as his assistant. This caused a lot of drama in the Broderick household. Betty was furious, so furious that she demanded that Dan fire Linda in the next 30 days. However, Dan refused to. That year on Betty's 36th birthday, Dan missed his own wife's party. When Betty asked why, he simply wouldn't give her a reason. Betty responded by having her second suicide attempt by cutting her wrist and taking a bunch of pills. She was taken to the hospital and she recovered. Just a few weeks later, on November 22nd, was Dan's 39th birthday and Betty decided to surprise her husband at work with balloons and cake. However, when she arrived, she saw a room with a cut cake and a birthday banner. After her asking the receptionist, she found out Linda had already made a celebration for Dan. Dan and Linda had left work together to celebrate. Betty immediately went home, ran straight to Dan's walk-in closet, and grabbed the expensive suits that Dan had, some of which still had the tags. She threw them into the trash can and lit it all on fire. The whole time, yelling at her kids about how her father was a terrible person and how it was all his fault. In September 1984, the couple separated and Betty moved to La Jolla Shores. Shortly after, Linda and Dan were living together at the Coral Reef home. That is when a long and messy split starts to amp up. Betty began to act more and more erratic. Eventually, Dan filed for a stay-away form from his home because Betty kept going inside and messing with Dan and Linda's things. She even went as far as to smear a pie that Linda had baked all over Dan and Linda's bed and walls. The stay-away order did not work. It only made things worse. Betty started to throw things through Dan and Linda's windows. She broke mirrors and even spray-painted their home. At one point, she even drove her car into Dan and Linda's front door while her kids were inside. Her kids were living with Dan and Linda and witnessed all of Betty's erratic episodes. In September in 1985 is when Dan officially files for divorce. Dan put together a team of some of San Diego's best divorce attorneys to handle his divorce. Since Dan was a lawyer himself, he was well respected in the law world in San Diego. Betty could not find a lawyer who was willing to go against Dan and his million-dollar team of lawyers. In court, a judge did rule for Dan to pay monthly support to Betty. However, Dan and his lawyers would deduce some of that money for every time that Betty would break the rules of the stay-away order. For example, $100 for each bad word she used against Dan and Linda, $250 for setting foot in their home, $1,300 if she took one of her kids without Dan's permission. However, this proved not to work because there were some months where Betty owed Dan money at the end of the month. Linda and Dan married in an expensive and very beautiful wedding in 1989. Two days before Betty turned 42, on November 5th, 1989, at around 5 in the morning, Betty drove to Dan and Linda's home located in 1041 Cypress Avenue in the Martians Hills neighborhood in San Diego, California. She used the key that she had stolen from her then-18-year-old daughter, Lee. She snuck into and Linda's home, and she very quietly walked upstairs into their bedroom. The couple later slept. Betty just stood there. For a while, she just stood there and kept thinking of all the hell the couple had put her through over and over again in her mind. She started to get angrier and angrier with the thought of how Linda stole her perfect life. She then took a Smith & Wesson revolver out of her purse and shot Linda first, once on the head and once on the chest, killing her immediately. Dan woke up startled and reached for the phone. But just as he reached, Betty shot Dan on the chest. Then Betty ran to disconnect the phone from the wall. And even yelled at Dan. It was all his fault. After she left the place of the murders, she called her daughter Lee. She told her what she had done. She turned herself into the authorities shortly after. Her lawyer was criminal defense attorney Jack Early. Jack told Betty that her best bet was to take the case to trial. His defense was that Betty had been pushed to the edge by the years of psychological, physical, and mental abuse from the couple. Her attorney also claimed that Betty did not go into the home with the plan to murder them. But that as she stood there in silence, she took the gun out to simply play point to them. They claimed Linda woke up, and after seeing Betty in her room, she yelled, Call the cops, which startled Betty and prompted her to accidentally squeeze the trigger. And that's how she let off those three fatal shots. The prosecutor in the case was Carrie Wells. In the trial a forensic psychiatrist, Dr. Park Dietz, diagnosed Betty as a narcissist. The first trial ended with a hung jury due to two juries holding out for manslaughter, citing lack of intent. Therefore, Judge Thomas J. Whalen called a mistrial. Betty was retried a year later. This time around, the jury returned a verdict of guilty to two counts of second degree murder. She was sentenced to 15 years to life plus two years of a misuse of a firearm. Betty was sent to the California Institution for Women in Chino, California. She had her first parole hearing in January 2010 and was denied for not showing any remorse for what she had done. Seven years later, in January 2017, she had another parole hearing which was also denied. She remains in prison till this day. Her next parole hearing is scheduled for 2032, where she will be 84 years old at that point. In 1992, the story of Betty Broderick was portrayed in the movie, A Woman Scorned. Netflix also told her story in the second season of their hit show, Dirty John, in 2018. That was today's episode. If you would like to show your support for this show, Consider giving us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. It would go a long way for a small show like this. You could also follow us on Instagram and X at 619 Crimes Pod. Again, that is at 619 Crimes Pod. My name is Al Rodriguez, and this has been 619 Crimes Podcast. See you guys next Wednesday. Peace. <laughs>